0: Welcome to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every week, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. from brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited to welcome our next guest on the show. Uh, She is the CEO, co-founder, and chief legal officer of Second Chance Brewing Company in San Diego, California. She is also the diversity, equity, and inclusion chair for the Brewers Association. She kicked off a wonderful general session this year at the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Virginia Morrison. Thank you, Virginia, for taking the time on this uh, Friday evening. Oh, thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm excited to be on Be Me. So for uh, our listeners, just would you mind just giving a little bit of background about, you know, kind of what you do and, and what goes into your work, both at the brewery and at the Brewers Association? Yeah,
1: so at the Brewers Association, I am a newly elected board member. Um, and then I am the chair for the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee, uh, which means I liaison between the board and the committee. Um, and we have four subcommittees uh, in that organization now and about 35 members, so growing quickly, which is super exciting. And then, here at Second Chance Beer Company, I am our CEO, and as a former employment lawyer, uh, our de facto attorney as well. So, a lot of what I do uh, is kind of at a level of politics and uh, community engagement. I am the head of our Giving Second Chances philanthropy program, and then uh, work closely with our marketing, sales, and kind of ops team.
0: Okay, so, you know, you're just a lazy person not doing much with your life. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Whoa, so you have a lot on your plate. So I just want to dive right in here. Your talk during the beginning part of the general session for Craft Brewers Conference was decidedly a call to action. And something that I really appreciated about Craft Brewers Conference this year is nobody shirked away from the Me Too movement that got kicked off in May. It was clear that, you know, there was a call to action and and people are answering. And I, I feel like it was it was handled very, very well. Um, you know, in previous episodes we talked about how there was a bystander training hashtag uh, not me was part of the uh, experience. And we, we had them on the show uh, during the last episode. So how, how did you feel? How did you feel it went? And what is some what is some feedback that you've been getting uh, from the participants? Yes, yeah, so I think the call
1: to action is timely, right? It's due probably overdue, I would say. Uh, and the feedback has been incredibly amazing. Like, I'm so hopeful about the future of this industry. And I, I think it's, good to keep a couple things in perspective. One is we are a relatively new industry. And the fact that we're kind of tackling these issues so uh, strongly at this early in the industry's um, kind of history, I think speaks a lot about us. But Not every other aspects of the alcohol beverage industry are. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, you know, people have (laughs) definitely complimented me on my speech. (laughs) Some said it was memorable because I might've used a few select curse words, but I think whatever gets people's attention is what's needed right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, something that, that drew me to you was your background in employment law and, you know, kind of acting as an advocate, uh, for people you know, as somebody who came up in the restaurant industry, who for the majority of their career, you know, didn't have an HR professional to go to or, or anything like that. Um, you know, it's really inspiring to see breweries continuing to make that position a priority and, and make that, you know, something that, you know, it's, they're approaching it like, you know, a traditional, traditional business would. Is that something you see more and more kind of being adopted in, in breweries that you are in connection with?
1: I do. I think that, you know, the idea of the Thrive programming at CBC was really about kind of shifting the focus within the industry to people and, and kind of human assets, if you will, and, and what is necessary to, for everyone to show up authentically and bring their best self to work every day you know, there's a business case to be made for that as well, especially in these incredibly challenging, you know, we're still in a pandemic and very competitive environment. Those things make the difference sometimes between breweries that survive and don't. I mean, you cannot operate a brewery without employees and
0: they are, I would argue, the most valuable uh, asset you have in your company. So, I mean, as as somebody who has established a brewery with a really excellent culture. I mean, you have this really beautiful outline that's even on your website. This isn't just like an employee handbook. This is to the public um, where, you know, it talks about the things that you encourage, compassion, curiosity, acceptance, and things that you won't tolerate, you know, violence, abuse. And then also, you know, you have everything kind of outlined and and it's almost like you you kind of have this line in the sand. This is who we stand for. This is who we are. And I feel like that's, that's something that, that gets forgotten, especially in, you know, opening new brew pubs or opening new restaurants. What are some, some steps that, you know, new brewery owners or new or new um, business owners can take to kind of make sure that they establish uh, these really key culture components.
1: I think sometimes it's just about saying what you don't really think needs to be said. <laughs> you know, like respect. Um, don't t- don't touch someone without permission. Like these are all things we're like, well, yeah, duh. Um, but I think when you have it explicit, you have it on signage as people walk into your business. You have it in your break rooms, places where your teams uh, gather. It it sends the signal that. This is the kind of culture and environment that we're creating and that this behavior that's inconsistent with it or in violation of it simply will not be tolerated. I mean, to have something like that, that an employee, a beer tender, for example, can point to when a guest is getting unruly that says, you know, look, you're not acting in accordance with that. Please, please leave.
0: So it, yeah, you're, you're setting the standard for both um, employers, employees, but also guest as well, which I think is another component that isn't often thought of.
1: Oh, for sure. Like if we think back to um, the stories that came out following, you know, Brianne Allen kind of igniting this Me Too movement, I mean, there were a lot that had to do with guest behavior. And it seemed like the environments it was that the guests got away with it over and over again, right? And And that's the problem. I think, you know, one of the the basis for our code of conduct is we will not tolerate repeated mindlessness. And I think that's really important because a lot of, let's just say men, uh, do things that they, I think, honestly don't know are offensive or are unwanted. And so there's this recognition that, hey, we have an opportunity to tell this person that that is not conduct that I want, that's offensive you know, that made me feel uncomfortable, whatever it may be. And you don't, it's not one strike, you're out, right? So the, the man gets an opportunity to do it right and better the next time. And this is all extremely personal too. So I think that we also just need to have a bit of compassion for people who've never walked in our shoes and lived our lives, that they don't know what it's like to be us and what we might find uh, offensive or uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing how there's just a, you know, completely different mindset and little things like even when you're in a meeting or, you know, when you interrupt somebody or, you know, something like that, it, it's, it takes a minute for eyes to be open and to realize like, oh, that's, that's, that is disrespectful. That's, that's yeah.
1: <laughs> or my favorite is having a man repeat your idea and then take credit for it. That's always awesome.
0: I know, I know this sounds so depressing, but that's been like my survival in like corporate America of just like, if I can go into a meeting and get a white man to echo my idea or agree with my idea, (laughs) then I know that I can get my idea through.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, if only we could get credit for it being your idea.
0: I know. Baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, kind of going with that. So, you know, from an employer standpoint or from an owner standpoint, you know, these are the, these are the things we can do. And then I know that the Brewers Association is coming out with a lot of different toolkits and surveys and, and a lot of resources, but from an employee standpoint, you know, if you're a, if you're a line employee, not in management, or even if you are in management, what are some steps, like not even reactive, but like proactive, what are some things that you can do to kind of start build that culture? of safety and inclusivity. I think the, one of the most
1: important uh, skills that we can teach humans, not just employees, is how to be an upstander. So a lot of times when you know, harassing behavior happens, there are witnesses who stand by and don't know what to do. They feel incredibly uncomfortable, they may even be embarrassed, they may feel horribly for whoever's the target of the harassment, but they don't do anything. And so taking someone from a bystander to being an upstander, employing tactics that deflect, um, you know, that like come to the rescue immediately, there's these proven ways of putting a stop to it in the moment, and then making sure that as a follow up, if it's necessary, you go back to the offender and you have a conversation about why that behavior will not be tolerated.
0: No, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I think also making sure that there is uh, a space for employees to report or communicate to their managers or, or to owners of the company uh, as far as if they see something that's, that's interesting or, or a good way to build culture that, you know, somebody's willing to listen to that suggestion. Because again, if, if, if you set that foundation, if you start to build that, um, then you're going to down the road, I feel like there's going to less reactive things are, are going to be necessary.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, we also have partnered and signed up uh, to be a customer of hashtag not me. Um, I kind of liken it to an employee and guest's ongoing dissatisfaction survey. (laughs) So I'd love to find a way of reporting the good. And we have some of that within my company. But uh, I think as an employer, it's just really short-sighted to not want to know that information, whether it's a guest or your own employee who's coming through that app, could be anonymously could be with their name attached and saying, here's something didn't sit well with me. I'm not sure if this is legal. I'm not getting my breaks. You know, Johnny is repeatedly asking me out. We need to know those things. So we need to be able to stop them and prevent them instead of reacting to them and, you know, having to deal with lawsuits and and complaints through, you know, the EEOC.
0: So uh, actually a, a couple of weeks ago, we were very lucky to have uh, Le Baron Myers, who's the president of hashtag# Not me as well as uh, Brianne Allen on the show and of, of course, they were fabulous. but I'm curious that if 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 your brewery has implemented the app, um, have you already started to see uh, benefits? Have you already started to see um, you know employees reacting reacting well to it or, or feeling just you know a general feeling of, of safety
1: uh so let me clarify (laughs) it's on my list to finish um because i want to make a fair amount of customizations to our app so we haven't rolled it out yet but prior to even um deciding to join the app i sent it out to all of our leadership team. sent them the links to watch videos and asked them how they felt about it and everyone was incredibly uh stoked and supportive i mean no one wants to get the complaints, but I would expect—you know—it doesn't even have to be anything that's illegal. But if employees just feel that they can make complaints or concerns in an anonymous fashion, I'm looking
0: forward to getting that feedback. That's amazing. I mean, that's just—and I, I said this during during the show um, with LeBaron Baron and Brianne. It, just the just the thought of onboarding as an employee and and having that app immediately handed to you like hey here's our policies this is what we do here's how you request time off hey download this app i mean just just the level of safety i would feel immediately it's just it words can't even describe Yeah, that's one
1: of those instances where an action speaks a thousand words. I mean, I do believe it sets the tone for the kind of culture and the working environment that you're about to come into as an employee. And, you know, even as a lawyer, I never got the benefit of any tool like this within the law firms that I worked for. So I really do believe this is cutting edge and it's a game changer. And it, you know, saddens me a bit to hear from breweries that do not want to do Anything with this, and want to, you know, basically just have it all internally, uh, and think that it's it's somehow um, a liability for them to know that kind of information.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's a bigger liability for them to find out that information on Instagram. But <laughs> <laughs> right, if we did
1: not see that over the last six months.
0: <laughs> but so I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. I want to I want to talk about Second Chance Beer giving second chances. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that is and and why it's so amazing?
1: So I like to say we make award-winning beer and use it to give people, planet, and pups a second chance. So on the people front, we are very inclusive focused and like to say that we uh, want to give a second chance to people who don't believe that craft beer is for them. For the planet we're one percent for the planet members and we give back uh through our slim chance hard seltzer line and for pups we work with several local rescue organizations to do dog adoption events fundraisers raise awareness for them and
0: then you know we've even gotten our own brewery pups here from them so you've had you've had a brewery pups adopted uh from these organizations Yes, yeah. My my husband and I our brewmaster Marty.
1: We have a a pup named Citra, and we do, we fostered her with her two puppies. Uh, we named them Cascade and Chinook, and now one of our brewers adopted Chinook. So the two girls are actually out in the brew house uh, to right now.
0: That's the cutest thing. As you know, as a as a proud owner of a uh, two uh, pit mix rescue pups, I am very happy to hear that uh, there's some more support for uh, foster and adoption. Yes, indeed. Adopt, don't shop. So, and, and, and this kind of leads into something that I've been talking about a lot on the show is, um, you know, craft breweries have a tendency to go into a community and just do as much good as humanly possible, um, embrace sustainable practices. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really fantastic to see. And I think it's what, you know, makes our, our industry so unique and, and so special. But, you know, and I've I've been asking this for the past couple episodes now, but but why do you think uh, craft breweries specifically lend themselves to this kind of happy behavior?
1: I just think that craft brewery people are some of the kindest, most thoughtful, giving people that I've ever met. And I know that stands in stark contrast to some of the stories that we've heard about through the, you know, Me Too movement, but... I really do, you know, as a lawyer, I would never go back to private practice because I just love the people within this industry so much. And the way that we collaborate with each other, including for good causes, you know, the black is beautiful is a perfect example of that. You know, we've had multiple of these kind of worldwide collaborations. And so I do believe it's something really special about our industry that I've you know, in all of the times that I've worked with so many different industries as a lawyer, I've never seen anything else like it.
0: No, I, I and I agree. I think it's it's completely unique and very inspiring. So, you know, that being said, kind of moving forward, um, you know, and, and as somebody who is on the board for the Burst Association, specifically the DEI chair, um, you know, what are some recommendations for maybe... Brewery owners that, you know, didn't make it to CBC or, or anything that they can do to kind of get the ball moving on improving their culture and, uh, and their environment?
1: I would say first start with all of the resources that the Brewers Association has created for you. I think sometimes as a small business owner, there's so many tasks on your plate and it's just hard to know where to begin. But we've seen many examples of what happens when you do nothing. so You need to do something, right? And there's all of these amazing white papers. There's collab hours that Dr. J has done, you know, how to create an equity scorecard, how to collect data so that you benchmark and know where you're starting from because that's the first step to knowing where you want to be. Um, and, and then, you know, don't be afraid to outsource You know, like you don't have to bring an HR department in-house from day one in your company. There are, you know, small businesses, there are solo consultants out there who will do an amazing job of, you know, not only helping you prevent harassment, but also like record keeping and, um, you know, compliance issues. It's a lot. And there's so many other things you have to do as a business owner, but just know that Help is out there and it's very affordable. I think that's the other thing that business owners don't recognize is you know, sometimes for like $100, $150 a month, you can get you know, a, a menu of services that help with compliance. You can get a certain number of phone calls where you can ask about issues that arise in your business. And these people can really be the lifeline until you grow you know, large enough uh, and are able to afford someone in-house.
0: Yeah, no. There's exceptional resources available, and I'm I'm also going to ask if uh you know as far as patrons of of breweries, you know, what do you what are some things that they can do kind of moving forward, also to help Im- improve the culture because they are very much a part of it. They are they are the reason why uh, craft beers exist, um, and and these are the these are the patrons that keep brands alive and are are definitely part of shaping a brewery's culture. You know I, I know that it's always helpful to have you know apps like um, not me, hashtag not me um, and I know that there are some other options that are out there, but what are what are some you know simple things that a, that a patron could do to help contribute to the betterment of a of a brewery's culture or a continuation of a good culture? I would say first of
1: all, behave yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
0: responsible alcohol consumption,
1: because we all know that we do things we wouldn't otherwise when we drink too much, right? And so I've never really had an instance in our brewery that didn't emanate from someone, you know, drinking a little too much. It doesn't even have to be overconsumption, right? It's just they get loose and they do things that they wouldn't otherwise. And the other thing is- literally, I
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. I literally wrote down during your speech, I quoted balance and consumption.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, we have to talk about that as an industry. I feel like it's always the elephant in the room, but, you know, like even in my employment practice, I would, you know, go and speak to employers and tell them not to even serve alcohol at their Christmas party because the problems start there. Um, So this is our business and we have to grapple with that fact. Uh, And then I think, you know, if you see something, say something, and I've been really um, amazed and encouraged at our guests here in our tasting rooms when we've had that occasional rogue anti masker who hassles my team for just trying to enforce our local regulations and they speak up you know in defense of our beer tenders and I think we need more of that in a respectful way, in a calm way, but in a you know a way that if you gotta embarrass someone so that they behave,
0: do what you gotta do. I think moving forward within the beer community and I think the the you know spirit and wine community as well, um, I think there is a a long quiet elephant just waiting to be addressed in substance abuse. Um, and I think you know, moving forward, it, it's gonna be a topic more and more you know, we're, we're in the practice right now of talking about things that make everyone uncomfortable. So I feel like next, it's just going to keep moving down the list. And eventually this is, this is certainly going to be addressed.
1: Yeah. I think I try to like stay away from words like abuse or alcoholism, right? Because we're not just talking about that extreme. You know, I used balance very intentionally in my uh, speech because I think that, you know, it's, all things in moderation, truly, you know, it's, we wouldn't exist as an industry if people didn't like to enjoy a craft beer and that is okay. Um, but, you know, whether it's, you haven't eaten today, that's, I'll, I'll admit, that's one of my downfalls or, you know, you mix alcohols or God forbid, now that we're in States where there's cannabis legalized, you start mixing that in alcohol, you know, just be aware and be mindful and, you know, Make sure that your friends feel comfortable telling you like, hey, maybe not that next beer.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, and, and no, thank you for that. I mean, it is definitely a uh, a spectrum. And, you know, everyone has that, everyone has that journey. But I but I feel like, especially in, in craft beer, there are routes for support that I don't think uh, people realize are available to them. And I think there's a, you know, a continuation of a path that you can still do, uh, even if, you know, you are struggling, uh, with, with, with any kind of, um, balance. Yeah. And I think
1: the more that we talk about mental health and wellness and create those resources, and I know that there is a focus on that at the Brewers Association level, um, the better we're
0: all going to be. No, for sure. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's little things that you can kind of, you know, I've slowly, painfully tried to uh, bring meditation into my life, which I'm an incredibly anxious person and I do not sit still well. So that's a <laughs> been a struggle, um, you know, in trying to adopt yoga and things like that. I mean, there, there are definitely tools out there that, you know, not for everybody, but that can be effective.
1: There is something for everybody, you know, like I'm a, I'm a meditator as well. And, um, I think one of the beautiful things about the practice is it can be almost instantaneous. Like if you tune in to how you feel like in your body and mentally before you sit or walk or, uh, take a yoga class or brush your teeth in the morning when you're trying to be mindful, that's one of my favorite practices if you tune into the before and then take a moment to check back in after it's really like powerful how quickly it can be and in a society that wants everything instantaneous instantaneous gratification it's
0: there it really is it's way faster than a pill or a beer oh it's amazing i've i've embraced <laughs> i've embraced a sleepy the sleepy time guided meditation and this magical british woman just takes me to a meadow and Peels away my day. so and we'd have fun just talking on a show on
1: mindfulness and meditation.
0: Yes. I feel like maybe we should do an episode of just like you doing like a guided meditation or something. And it's like highly recommend to sit in a brewery and, and have those aromas around you or something like that.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. It's Mindful fun. drinking.
0: Mindful drinking. Or... I did do I tried beer yoga a couple months ago and sitting like actually we were doing yoga like amongst like near the brewing equipment so that like really delightful cereal smell was like just all around me during the entire practice and I was like what have I been doing with my life why haven't I been doing this the entire time why can't I be next to a mash tun when I'm when I'm doing downward facing dog come on now.
1: Yeah, you know, prior to the pandemic, we did yoga classes here, and would you know sometimes have over fifty practitioners sew up, and it was it was so fun, and I love the energy that it brings into the brewery as well. So I'm looking forward to starting those back up. No, for
0: sure. So we are just about um, to time here, Uh, Virginia. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming to chat and be willing to go on random tangents about, you know, meditation and yoga. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing, Sarah, to like have a platform that provides, you know, diverse voices and unique perspectives um, to kind of show the, the breadth and the opportunity available in craft beer for everyone. It's, it's really
0: beautiful. Well, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate that. This has been a, a very rewarding experience for sure. And I've been really lucky to have some amazing guests on this show, and uh, it's definitely been an incredibly, incredibly rewarding experience. Um, so, before I, you know, break into joyful tears, this has been an episode of Beer Me Radio. Uh, please check us out anywhere uh, that you get podcasts. Um, like subscribe, give all the stars. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to at me Radio on Instagram or radio at gmail.com. But otherwise we will see you next time. Cheers.